superb. Thank you for asking. Excellent. Yes, so what's up? Uh, well, it's time to do another two in the solo booth, so let's set our timer, 15 okay. minutes. 15 minutes. I'm locking it in right now. Lock it in. Are we go? Yeah. Here we go. It's We're starting go. now. Boom. All right. What's new and different, friend? Well, let's see. What does the day bring? Um, it's been a very momentous week, I think. You Tell know, me. Um, it has been, I've been in report hell. You know, every every quarter we have a ton of reports that are due. Okay. So I've been underwater with all that kind of stuff for gotcha. a while. Gotcha. And I'm, for those of the uh, people that are just kind of tuning in to us, yeah. what do you do? So I'm the National Director of Voice Over, Over Programming at the SAG After Foundation. Yes, you are. Yes, that is me. So I run the uh, LA Lab as well as the... Uh, Consult and oversee the New York Lab also. Perfect. And that's mm -hmm. how I actually found you and mm -hmm. found this amazing opportunity was yeah. I was lucky enough to um, fall into discovering the yeah. voiceover lab. And it's been just such an incredible resource. And I wanted to just plug really quickly yeah. um, this past Monday, speaking of weeks, mm -hmm. um, SAG did this incredible uh, panel yeah. for women specifically in uh, performance capture and voiceover in uh, video games and also commercial stuff and whatnot. And I wanted to just let all SAG members know, if you don't already, that this is an incredible um, kind of sister tool to mm -hmm. these events that SAG offers that you know you may or may not know about. But honestly, this lab has been life-changing for me not oh, only you. just with the workouts that i've been able to do and yeah. keeping the muscles going but uh the intensives i worked with uh johnny Gidcomb. yeah um you know because i really want to get involved with looping and i learned so much and he's mm -hmm. so difficult to get in with his classes are always sold out in the real world yeah so amazing opportunity anyway i just wanted to say that yeah thanks for that we really try hard to make sure we bring in you know esteemed professionals in the in, um, excuse me esteemed professionals in the industry <laughs> um so that everyone gets an opportunity to work with the best that you know that are out there in the business and uh, yeah it's worked out pretty well we're doing it we're doing it word up cool so did you get your reports done I did get my reports done, uh, all four of them, so that's great. Good. <clears throat> yeah, so we uh, we live to fight another day. We do. I yeah. also had a humongous week. What I... happened, Wendy? So, well, Eric, <laughs> let me tell you. Um, what did I do? So on Sunday, I'm part of a group called Musical Theater Guild, and mm -hmm. it is the longest-running all- Equity, which is the Actors Stage Union membership group, and they do staged readings at the Alex Theater. But they're not just staged readings. They're gorgeous, beautiful, fully realized. Um, it's intense. And they're, it's under the Equity 25-hour uh, nice. reading rule. And so there's only 25 hours of rehearsal leading up to this thing. And Sunday in the Park with George was the show, and it's just a massive undertaking with such a super talented cast and a wonderful director and musical director. So it was an incredible experience, but exhausting, yeah. as well as all of the other outside stuff that I had going on, which is, you know, it's like a full-time upon a full-time upon yeah, a full-time. got a lot going on. Not complaining. Sure. Super happy to be able to do it all. How's Bruno? <laughs> Bruno's hanging in. He had a little bit of an eye issue this week. Yeah. Um, so we were at the eye doctor several times, <laughs> who we love. Poor we love. love our doctor. Yeah. But uh. woof. We got the million-dollar pooch. Bruno is the man. Though. He is the man. Yes. All right, so should we get going with some topics? Let's make it happen. Great. So, again, for those of you that are just tuning in, every single time we do a Two in the Solo booth, we ask for topics on our Instagram page, at Two in the Solo booth. And we ask you guys to just give us whatever topic is at the top of your mind. Nothing is too, <laughs> Nothing um, is too silly or no. whatever. And uh, we will just scroll through and randomly choose a few. Well, let's do it. All right, good. So... Uh, um, we have from, let's see, 
Dun, 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 drum roll, please. Ryan Connor, 81. Mm. Relationships at over 30 years old. Discuss. Wow. wow. That's a woof. That's, That's a, a bomb. Because I take it we're both over 30, <laughs> Yeah, we're correct? both, we're both well we over 30. Are we in this yeah, area? woof. <laughs> We are. <laughs> okay, so since you've been 30, once you turned 30, you got beyond that. How many relationships have you had? Um, so when I was in my 30s, I was a married woman. Wow. So mm, You've see, been married before. Yeah, okay, so Eric and I don't know each other, you guys. That's part of two in the You're solo You're a total group. stranger. Yeah, as are you, and I feel like mm. you have some goods to cough up as well. In due time, it so, all will reveal all yeah. be revealed. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, I was married and... Um, I'm no longer married, mm -hmm. and since then I have been in one serious relationship, and that's my current relationship as well. Yeah. So I'm a serial monogamist. That's great. Thank you. We need more of those in our society, I uh, think. Well, do we? I, maybe not, actually. Yeah. I, I mean, I did have this great time in between when I got divorced and when I got into a relationship where I was like, I'm single. Yeah. I'm an adult person. I can do whatever I want. Oh, <laughs> that was... Wendy was out. Was like, Woo! Wendy was doing her thing. It was, it was a good time. <laughs> but, you know, honestly, I realized that I am somebody that is very much built to be in a relationship, and yeah. I, I enjoy them. And I feel like it's part of the reason that I'm here. It's, it's, it's so much work in a wonderful way to be in a relationship and it shines a mirror on so many issues that are are mine to work through and so I, I love being in a relationship because I love working on myself. That's a nice way to put it. Thanks. Yeah. Um, since turning 30 or getting beyond 30, yeah. I think I've been in about four serious relationships. Okay. Um, Are you currently in a relationship, um, I am, actually. Okay. Yeah, it's a long distance thing, though. Oh. You know? So, um, yeah, it's complicated. Yeah. People always say that, so, you know, we just kind of let is. that do what it's going to be. But it's, yeah. uh, there's, there's all kind of things that are going on, yeah. you know. But, yeah, um, long distance is tough. I mean, it can yeah. be really exciting and wonderful, but it also comes with its challenges. For sure. Um, but, look, I understand that, obviously, when you get a bit older, uh, relationships do bring on new challenges, for sure, because you're coming to the table with far more. Yes. You know, than being in your early 20s. And yep. you, know, you have a little less baggage, if you will. If, if you call it baggage. You have less baggage as you get older or you have more baggage? I think you have more baggage as you get older. You have more baggage, you you have more older. baggage yeah. 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 So when you're coming in as a young, younger person, I think there's a little less of that, obviously. And um, you, you learn along the way what you can hold on to and what you can keep and what you can put away. But a lot Absolutely. of times we bring a lot of stuff with us. Yeah. You know, and then, like you said, you have to kind of work on yourself and work with your partner to kind of make things run as smoothly as possible but showing growth is really essential and I've had the good fortune of being with some really fantastic women in the course of my in the past I don't know some odd years yeah. and um, I learned a lot about myself in the process also right yeah um, but it has posed some challenges mm -hmm. as well so um, but love is a good thing if you find it hold on to it enjoy it I totally agree with that mm -hmm. and you know the thing is just to finish off this thought I feel like when I got into this relationship post-divorce, I was like, you know what? Let's just be really brutally honest. And mm. if it's not working, it's not working. Trying to s save the other person's feelings, mm -hmm. you know, and not hurt feelings or whatever, yeah. for me is what really got me in trouble because I wasn't being my most honest self in past relationships. And I was like, let's just do it, like in real time. If it's mm -hmm. working, it's working, and if it's not, it's not. And it makes it a lot more challenging yeah. kind of day by day, yeah. but it also makes the relationship a lot more honest. That's you know what key. I mean? Wow. Whoa. That was really heavy. That was Wendy Boom. Ross off, ladies Boom. and gentlemen. Okay, great. She came with it. That's okay, great. <laughs> um, what's your favorite 1980s board game, Eric? This wow. comes from That Piano Girl Cat. That Piano Girl Cat. 
Um, the trivia pursuit game was uh, always yeah. a fun one, right? Because it kind of drew upon a, a variety of different eras, you know, and um, the 80s version was always super fun to me. Yeah. So I think Trivial Pursuit would be the... Uh, the numero uno. I love book. that too. Yeah. I really enjoyed Trivial Pursuit. When did Pictionary come out? Because that was my jam. Oh, that was a dope one too. Was right? that 80s? I think if, it was. If yeah. We can just put that, classify that under 80s. Yeah. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Pictionary because that was like I was okay. in and aggressive. <laughs> you seem like you'd be really good at that game. Uh, well, yes. I, I like to think I am. Yes. <laughs> Whatever it was, I was I was in it to win it. Yes. All right, Madison Bellissimo. <laughs> Madison. Ageism. Ooh. Discuss. I can I jump in on yeah, this? Yeah, please jump in. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give a comment that you would think because we're in LA and talk about the industry because we're both in the industry yeah. and all of that stuff. I was reading this piece by a poet named Audrey Lord who was prolific in the eighties. Yes. And she was a black lesbian socialist in an interracial relationship had been married to a gay man and had two kids and then found her life partner incredible serious yeah and so she wrote this when she was 49 years old which is considered like you know over the hill for a woman old Mm -hmm. and she had all these other kind of others going on other things going on and she said the most incredible thing about ageism I, I was so struck by it she sees ageism as us Americans having historical amnesia. So what happens is that in America, older folks are seen as excess, Mm -hmm. surplus, and valueless. And so what happens is that we don't listen. And they are our living history, our living memories, and they have seen some stuff. And so that is why we find ourselves repeating history and repeating these lessons that we could learn if we would actually consider the fact that older folks have so much to offer and and they have seen what we are going through right now. Yeah. But we tend to refuse to listen because we value what is new and shiny so much. Very true. Um, it reminds me of this phrase that I latched onto when I was in college. I was looking for a name for a company I was trying to start. And I came across this, um, I think it originated from, I want to say Benin, but it was a, it was a phrase uh, known as Sankofa. Basically, that phrase translates to look to the past to inform the future. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. And in a lot of more tribal societies, it is about the verbal history that is shared with people that are, you know, that are the newborns and the new generation. And that verbal history is passed on. So people do have an understanding of what's happened before and how you can avoid the same pitfalls um, and move forward in a really productive and positive way. Yeah, we have a very short frame of reference um, and I wish we could expand that a bit more. We'd learn a lot. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Mary and Micah Day. I'm Mary. Like... <laughs> Micah Day? Miriam Micah Day. Okay, that's great. She has a Micah Day. Yeah, she's yeah. she is a powerhouse. She is? Yeah, we love Mary and Micah Day. All right, so Mary and Micah Day is looking for a new agent, and I think I need a stress ball, is yeah. what she says. That's oh, a big woman. Deal. That is a big deal, right? So I can relate. Yeah. Um not to go into too many details, but my agent actually has been all over the news in the past few weeks, and I've been looking for new representation yeah. um, myself because of some uh, unethical behavior. Mm-hmm. And the business is it, crazy. And 
you know, I've been doing this forever and I always feel like "Mm, I've seen everything and then something new happens and all of a sudden the floor drops out from beneath you and you have to start from scratch all over again. I hear you, woman. I hear you. And what I have to say about that is, and we both know this because we've talked about this, you just have to fill your life up with goodness and find that balance of the joy of life and knowing that you know this business is not the end-all, be-all of everything. And every you, know, you just have to keep on keeping on and slowly look for the right person that's in integrity and in line with everything that you want and sees you for the amazing talent and skill set that you are. I agree with that 100%. Um, I was thinking about this as well because this comes up quite often in the VO lab. People mm-hmm. ask all the time about representation. VO agents, how do you find them, etc. Um, who's a good agent, etc. Um, in the VO space, it's a bit different, you know, sometimes, yeah. right? But it's still super challenging. So I definitely understand what people are going through. Um, it harkens back to when I was in pursuit of this elusive record contract right this Mm -hmm. is what my focus was i wanted that like no one's business right so i read and i read and i studied and i met people and tried to build my network and i kind of devised a plan to sort of circumvent the traditional roots of getting in Mm. to the business and um it sort of worked i ended up getting a job working at a radio station for Mm -hmm. instance right because i thought well i have these songs that i've written perhaps if i get in good with the program director and the music director maybe they'll play my songs or get in good with djs maybe they'll play my songs sure. right and it did work out that way oddly enough right so we got a little traction that was fantastic and then the labels came knocking so now you have that apparatus and that business that can basically take your songs and take it to another level yeah and it should be so i mean with agency and representation a lot of VO actors have come in that have you know talked to us about this process that have been in the business for a while and they've always said to to get it's it's a hustle game, and it sucks to say that because there's not always a blueprint that's going to work for everyone. It's nonlinear. Yeah, it's not right. So you really have to try and think outside of the box sometimes, and and really pursue your own opportunities that can hopefully lead you to the doorstep of someone that you said, like you said, has integrity, someone that you trust, someone that's not looking to kind of you know fill their talent pool with folks that can really make a difference. Yes, and I always think that it's about relationships. It's about True. those long-term relationships. Yeah, I agree. Sorry, that was a long-winded answer, but hey. No, I, that was valuable. It's Micah Day. We have exactly 24 seconds. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, we don't have time for another topic. Dang it. But we do have time for, what do we have time for? Uh, probably just the uh, the sign-off at this point. we got nine, eight. The countdown is Two. on. Two. Two in the solo booth takes two, not one, two in the solo booth. Okay, that's it. Depressing. See you next time. Gosh, bye. That was good, though. (laughs) Bye. Eric, it's time for a fact check, and I'm so looking forward to this with your sexy, raspy, B. Arthur-esque post-cold voice. You said B. Arthur. Wow. Yeah, I That's did. That's amazing. Okay, it does sound kind of like B. Arthur. A right? little bit. But you do realize that Golden Girls has a huge audience in the African-American community. Uh, yeah, we were, I don't think we were in the initial demo, what? but so many brown people that I know love the Golden Girls. Well, I mean... It, Globally, yeah. Golden Girls are adored. Yes. Everybody can relate to the Golden Girls. Okay, so there's a universal connection there. That is not part of our fact check, people. But we had to get that out. We had to. All right, let's 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 do some facts. <clears throat> Sexy is on. Sexy is Okay, so Trivial Pursuit was created in 1979, on December 15th, exact, by a handful of Canadian guys. Oh, Canadians. They're I mean, so nice. They are nice. I love Canadians. They're good folks. Uh, so shall I give their names? Yes, please. Chris Haney, 
Yay. Yay. Scott Abbott. Yay. Yay. John Haney. Love that John and Haney. And Ed Werner. Oh. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game ended up selling over 20 million copies back in 1984 mm-hmm. and ultimately was sold in 2008 for $80 million. Ooh. Ooh. It was purchased by Hasbro. Yeah, of course it was. All right. So Pictionary we talked about. I was hoping that it was an 80s and not a 90s situation. Yes. And it is indeed 80s. So yay for us. Nice. It was first published in 1985. Hasbro. Our friend Hasbro. Hasbro has deep pockets. <laughs> deep yes, pockets. Yes, they do. Years ago, I did toy fairs in New York. Those uh-huh. are industrial things. It's yeah. really good money for actors. And I was the Hasbro spokesperson. Love that Hasbro. Yeah, you know the company culture. No, oh, I sure do. Mm. Hasbro purchased the rights in 1994 after acquiring the game business of Western Publishing, uh, before eventually selling it to Mattel. Ayo. Ayo. Okay. All right, great. Sankofa. This is actually a word Ooh. from the Twi language of Ghana that translates to go back and get it, yeah. which is somewhat close to what I said. Get it, get it, go back go and get it, hey, get hey, it. Hey. Mm. Uh-oh, there's that 80s beat coming <laughs> out. <laughs> of course. Uh, it also, the other translations exist. It is not wrong to go back for that which you have forgotten. It most certainly is Look not. Look to the past to inform the future. Oof, I love that. And speaking of that, Audrey mm. Lord, the poet that I spoke about, the piece that I referenced was Age, Race, Class, and Sex, Women Redefining Difference. It's about how we should not ignore differences in society, but we need to honor and learn from our differences and how to deal with that. Audre Lord was an American writer, feminist, womanist, librarian, and civil rights activist. She was born February 18th, 1934 in Harlem, New York, and her parents were both West Indian immigrants. And she died in 1992, and she was absolutely prolific and wrote some brilliant pieces. So check her out, people. Mad love, Audre Lorde. Incredible. Good person. All right. Peace.